All right, God's good. Holy Spirit, help me. I know, I just threw it out there. There was no warning of it at all. Um, I just want, I had a great, had a good week. How's everyone's week? Awesome. Busy. It's all right. It's good. So I just wanted to, there's something that happened right at the end of the week. You know, Fridays, you go into Friday, and I think, okay, I got an easy day. I just have to run around. I have to do a few errands. It's all going to be good. Talk to Jim early on the phone when I'm driving down the highway, thinking I got one more, two more stops, and I can head home. It's a breeze, right? Good. Good, till I get a phone call at about 1.32 o'clock saying, it's getting real at this job right now. And I'm like, huh? One of my guys. And what had happened was they were excavating the whole place out, the whole back. We're doing a big project there. I wasn't in charge of the excavation. So they've got a big machine back there, and they're pulling walls down, old landscape walls that I don't know who put these in, but ours will be probably at least substantial. But some of these footings were just, they were not coming out. But they were attached to the house, to the corner of the house. Almost got you. And... And he pulled on the one side, and it pulled the corner of the house out. So here I am. I'm up at the quarry, and I get this phone call in the corner of the house, and then, and I'm thinking, oh, no. And I have in my mind a lot worse than when I got there it was. But I had in my mind that the whole corner was torn down, and there was, you know, it was a mess, and I was going to be there till we hours rebuilding the corner of someone's house, someone's residence in Beverly Farms. Yeah, it's only five or six million dollar home. So, anyway, when I got there, I realized that the cracks were there. They were previously there, but when they pulled on it, just gave it a little help. It gave me a, it gave me inspiration for my message this week. Because what are we building on, right? Cornerstone. Well, that's my that's the name of my my ministry, my my masonry ministry, right? cornerstone masonry but corner this is what this is what the lord showed me it was built out of blocks right the corner that was attached to the house what was attached to the outside was concrete poured which was actually stronger than the blocks why because they didn't fill the blocks there was nothing they were empty they were hollow and so what's god saying in all that hmm i'm glad you asked Really, the Lord is wanting to speak to us about our foundations, right? And we will talk about revelation, and we will talk about some things tonight, but I really want to get us in an understanding of what are we building on. Psalms 127, it's a familiar psalm to all of us, and it's talking about God building and prospering us. It says, unless the Lord builds the house, they that labor, labor in vain who build it. And unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It's in vain you, you, it is, in, it is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat bread of sorrows, for so he gives his beloved sleep. What are we talking about? He wants us to live in the place of rest. He wants us to live in that place. Goes on, verse 3. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is a reward. 
Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are your children. Of, so are the children of the one's youth. Happy is the man who has a quiver full of them. And they shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with their enemies in the gate. I'm going to ask for the spirit of wisdom and revelation to help us today, okay, again? Father, we just thank you for the spirit of wisdom, revelation, and understanding. Lord, I ask that you just release upon us just a, an understanding that comes from heaven. We don't want to think with our carnal mind, but we want to think with a mind that thinks like you. And that's supernatural, above natural, way outside the box. And so, Holy Spirit, I'm asking that you just rest revelation on our minds and our hearts tonight, that we'd understand that we'd receive the word, that we declare the word, that we'd actually be releasing the word out of our lives in Jesus' name. And I read this, and this isn't even my text for tonight, but it starts me off with an introduction to say, if the Lord doesn't build what we're building, then what are we doing? And if we don't raise up a legacy, because this, this whole thing is about legacy, right? Your children. And I want to think about this as my, come on, my family. I want my kids to serve the Lord. I want them to be weapons in the hands of God. I want them to be, you know, arrows in my quiver. But I want people who follow the ministry, who come and partner with the ministry. We want to see multiplication. We want to see children. We want to see growth. Come on, and God wants to grow you up, not just as a child, as a little child, but he wants to grow you into maturity so that what? That you're a weapon in the hands of the master, and that he can release you, but it comes, what, out of a house that's built on something solid. See, if we don't build the house strong, and I understood this. All of a sudden, I had a revelation about the business that I do. I had a big revelation. It's all been prophetic. It was funny. When I started doing stonemasonry, I remember there was a mission. He's in the mission field now, he, and he's in Germany. And he, I'm doing stonework out in it was helps. I did it for free then. It was Zion Bible Institute when it was in Providence or in Barrington. And I'm building stuff out of stone back then. And then I got out. And I worked for a stone company. And I learned the trade. I don't know why I'm talking about work tonight. But it's all right. The Holy Spirit wanted me to understand because the kid made this statement. He goes, brother, it's all prophetic. And I'm like, yeah. You're right. I guess you're right. So for the last 20 years, I've been doing the same thing, stonework. And we named the business eventually, renamed it. First it was Signet, because I liked the, the Signet of the king. But then we turned it to Cornerstone Masonry. So the Holy Spirit wants us to understand that the chief, he is the chief cornerstone, that anything that we build on top of him will be, will be solid. That is Jesus Christ right? And you are all what? Living stones. The thing is, the master, right, builds and shapes and changes us so that we fit into the wall. He builds us. He, he transforms our lives so that we fit, that we seat ourselves in things that, what, in the mortar, which is God's presence, God's love, God, who he is, the essence of who he is, the Holy Spirit, and the, come on, these are just principles that I know only from working with the, with the stone. But I know this, that if, I, if that corner had been built correctly and it had been built from stone, it may not have come down. I would bet that it wouldn't have come down. 
If I had built it, it wouldn't have come down. Because we over-engineer everything. And it's a good thing. Because when my, you know, my son's, you know, 50 years old, he can go drive through K-Van and see all the stuff we built, you know? It'll last. It's something about longevity and how we build. And I just want you to realize that the Lord wants us to realize the revelation of grabbing hold of him and building with him. And when we build with him, it's not always easy. Come on, sometimes it's tough. But if we let him do the work, it's going to last. It's going to, come on, this word, what does he say about his word? That it shall never pass away. My words will never pass away. This earth, the heavens, it'll all pass away. But my word, it'll never go anywhere. And so if we build on the solid rock, and that's the word, and turn with me to Matthew 16 now. And the Holy Spirit wants us to understand some things and some principles, and I'm going to really get into the nitty-gritty of what I want to say tonight. But the Lord wants us to grab hold of the principle that when we build with him, it will last. We want to build on something solid. There's things that are solid, right? His word. Jesus Christ being the center of all things. The Bible says that he's the cornerstone, yet he's the capstone. What does that mean? That means he's the beginning, because when I start building, the cornerstone is the beginning, and when I finish with the capstone, it's the end. And so he is the beginning and the end, and he, be, he created you so that he could start your life. And when you start walking with him, it's the beginning. He's the chief cornerstone. But he's turning you into a monument. Come on. Come on, a monument for eternity. And you're engrafted into him. And he's going to finish the work with a capstone. So Matthew 16 Verse 13, familiar pas passage of Scripture. I want to talk to you about living in the reality of the kingdom. That's where our firm foundation is, is living in the reality of who he is. The reality of who he is and his kingdom. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of, God, Son of Man, am? And so they said, Some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, and others say Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And he said to, to them, But who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, You are Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And, also, and I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And then he commanded his disciples that they should not should should tell no one that he was Jesus Christ. Now why would they why would he say that? Because all of a sudden they had a revelation of who he was. 
all of a sudden, after walking with him for some time, they realize that Jesus is the Christ. And so I just want to back up. Supernatural knowledge of the reality of who Christ is is what we need to understand. It comes from the, from the Spirit. This comes from the Holy Ghost. It doesn't come by natural understanding or man. It will not come that way. You can read the Word, and I can chew on pages. Come on, with my teeth. You know, can do that. Paper. But if, unless I receive it by the Spirit of God, I don't have an understanding of who God actually is. How many times did you read, come on, John 3.16 before you got saved? I don't know. I had a lot of things, a lot of things passed me by that I had no understanding that it was God. Because Scripture can be empty without the Spirit of God on it. And so, just back up and just look with me. You know, they, they, they're having this conversation. They're having this conversation. Who do you say that I am, Jesus asks. And they say, some say Jeremiah. Come on, one of these guys. One of these guys says Jeremiah, raised from the dead. Or Elijah, come back. Come on, they were trying to figure out, who do people say that I am? Well, there was a lot of rumors of who Jesus was, and a lot of people have an opinion of who God is and who, how he acts and how he does things. But I'm telling you right now, it's by the Spirit of God that you recognize a move of God, and you recognize God moving in your life. It's by the Spirit and the Word. And I could, again, I could read this Word. How many times have you, you know, you read certain things, and then until there's life on it, until there's a Spirit on it, it doesn't mean a thing to you. I'm telling you, it just means, you know, it's a good psalm. It is the word of God. I don't belittle it. Come on, that's not where I'm going. But I'm telling you, until God breathes life on it, it's nothing. Until the ruach and the breath of God go on the page and it comes life. Because I can learn 50 million leadership principles of Jesus and it never affect my life until the word of God all of a sudden comes into my life and brings revelation and understanding to how Jesus lived, and that's the leader I need to be. How do I model Jesus? Fifteen ways to model leadership Jesus. Jesus leadership. Come on. I know it's funny we laugh, but we have sermons like that. I do too, you know. I got, I got keys, to, keys to kingdom reality right now. Come on. I can preach this till I turn purple, but unless the Spirit of God hits you and opens your mind, you're not going to get a thing. I'm just telling you, that's how it goes. I've been in ministry for 20 years. I realize that much. I can preach and teach, and yeah, it might because of, you know, light dawns on a marble head. It'll go in, but ultimately, that's my head, marble head. The reality is we don't receive. And so the Lord wants us, I'm telling you, do you know how much he wants you to receive the word? This is why it's so important that we baptize ourselves with prayer and covering ourselves with, with spirit time. Come on, we got to, I'm going to call it spirit time. You need time with the spirit of God. Well, who did we talk about last week? We talked about the Holy Spirit, the spirit of holiness last week, and there was such an invasion of the presence. I didn't have to pray for one person, really. 
right? I said, night of impartation. I didn't pray for one person. So <laughs> for a couple people that left. But I believe that the Lord just came and baptized some people with some fresh anointing because we received the holiness, the spirit of holiness. And he'll baptize you again tonight with just a fresh revelation and understanding. Who do men say that? Who do you say he is? Who do you say he is? And here's the thing. So he releases an understanding over us so that we know exactly who he is. The revelation of what? I I mean, Peter must have been, been sitting there, and I'm thinking about this. Peter said, you're the one that was walking with the Hebrew guys through the fire. Come on, you're the one. He must have rewound all the way back to the day that he came off the boat. And Jesus said, come follow me. Because after he had commanded the nets to be filled, ooh, something happened. And so he'll take us in the place where we have all knowledge and we've been doing our thing all day and then he'll speak a word and then everything will change. Because if I have knowledge of even my, come on, your trade, something you do every day and some guy comes across the shoreline and says, just do it this way, I'd be like, dude, really? I am not. I am Peter. I've decided I am Peter. I would be that guy. I would argue with him, and then I'd probably do it anyway. Okay, suit yourself. But this is what was probably, this, I, this had to have been coming back to mind. Because when he came off the boat, he threw himself in front of Jesus and said, go away from me because I'm a sinful man. The presence and power of God came on him like, I don't know who this guy is, but I've been fishing all day and I've been killing myself to do something to provide for my family. And this guy comes along and makes a command and all of a sudden everything changes. Principle one for business. Listen to the Lord. See, it's funny because I'm trying to get out of business and then I'm getting these crazy contracts. 18-month contract, starting in July. Okay, what do I do with that? Perfect opportunity for me to back out slowly. Make sure I'm taking Mondays off by November. (laughs) I'm saying that to you. (laughs) The Holy Spirit is good, and he wants to... Come on, he wants to educate us by the Spirit of God so that we understand and know who the character and the person of Jesus is. He speaks and blesses you where you are. What did he say to Peter? Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah. That's just one statement. Blessed are you. Here's the problem. Here's the problem that will come, will come about. And I'm just, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna talk about how good the Lord is. I only had a couple hours today, right? 
the Lord started busting open the word so fast that I can't keep control. I like I don't know what to write down. What I'm I'm warning you of is this: is once I get loose, <laughs> it's going to be a problem. Not for me. It's going to be really good. I'm excited because the Lord was just opening and opening and opening and opening and opening. And so you got to want to devour this. Come on. See, what I like is I get to take six or so hours. I only had a few hours today because of just the way things turned out. Am I boasting? I'm boasting in him because it's only a gift that came from heaven that opens the word, right? And the Lord wants us to eat the word. He wants us to completely devour the word. I'm telling you, I love the Word of God. It's nothing, the foundation of what we do and everything that comes to us is out of the Word. And when the Spirit breathes on it, we've got it. Eternally, you'll take it. So he speaks this Word over Peter. Speaks to who he is. Speaks to his past. Simon bar Jonah. Simon, son of Jonah or John. Declaring who he was and about to declare who he is. But see, he'll bless your past. He'll bless your legacy. That's what he just did. Blessed are you, Simon Barger. I'm blessing you and your father, even if he was an idiot. Sorry I said that. My dad wasn't an idiot. I'm supposed to be Father's Day, right, tomorrow? Sorry. That wasn't PC. Honestly, it doesn't matter where we come from. Jesus declares over you a blessing. We don't need to get stuck in places where we're continually looking at our past life because he comes out of you understanding who he is and we acknowledge who he is. When I acknowledge who God is, when I acknowledge his, his, he's a living, breathing, come on, supernatural God that changes and shifts my life, he looks at me and blesses everything. There's got to be some place where we walk out of who we are in the past. Come on, you're in that place now. You just have to walk away from what you did or whatever happened in the past, whatever abuse, whatever... Come on, addiction, whatever, anger, whatever we walked with, and walk away, and who does God call us? He said, Miles, son of Tom, you're blessed. And then he says, flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you. It was by the Spirit of God that it was revelation received on Peter's behalf. It was by revelation. And then he says this. Then he also declares over him this. I also say to you that you are Peter. Which means what? Large rock. We're back at rocks again. Can't get away from stones. He begins to speak over his life and his destiny once again, right? He speaks and blesses. He declares over you his identity and his eternal identity right there. 
his identity and his mission. And so God wants you to pursue the mission. He wants you to pursue the finished work in your life. He wants you to pursue what he's called you to do. Something God, come on, when you got saved, something dropped in your spirit. Or along the way, something just got in you. That God, this is what I was born for. There's something beyond where I wake up every day and go to work. Come on, you created me to live out of, a spa- out of, out of you and to live in the reality of the kingdom and to walk that out. And what does that look like? And the Lord brought me to Hebrews 11 because we're looking for something. Everyone in this room, 11.8, Hebrews 11.8. 8 through 10, by faith Abraham obeyed, and he was called to go out of the place which he would receive as an inheritance. He called to go out to the place. And then he went out, not knowing where he was going. How many know where you're going? Everyone's not raising their hands. Come on, he called you out to the place. He's calling you to a place. And by faith he dwelt in the land of promise as a foreigner in the country. See, he lived in the place of promise. He lived in a place of promise as a foreigner. This is my inheritance. This is my land. This is where I'm supposed to be. And I'm living there as a foreigner. And I could say that everyone in this room has probably had that feeling at one point. You're living in the place where God's about to bless and move. You're living in a place where God's about to change and shift things, but you're living there as a foreigner, as an alien. For he waited for what? He was waiting for the city which foundations, which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. We're back to stones. We're back to foundations. See, he called Abraham out, and he called Peter out. He called Peter out right there. He said, you're not Simon Bar-Jonah, the person of the past. He said, I'm calling you now. I'm calling you a rock where I'm going to build my church. Why? Because the cornerstone of who I am, the presence of who I am lives inside of you. And what I'm going to build is going to be built out of the very interior, the very things that I placed, the very things I designed are inside of you. And you're the resting place of God. Someone in here is the resting place of God. And when God rests and he sits upon you, when he moves upon your life, he begins to build something. He wants to build something fresh and new. And so he... the. The New Living Translation says this, that he was confidently looking to a city with eternal foundations. Something that was designed and built by God. And so God is the architect of what's about to happen all over in, in your life and all over the earth. He's the architect. Goes back to where asking the courts of heaven to be released. Come on. We need the blueprints. You need to back to destiny. God wants to release the scrolls of destiny over your life so that you know what you're called to do, so that there's no question. So keys to living in the eternal reality of the kingdom of God. 
Number one, I'm being systematic, trying to be. The revelation of the living word, and we talked about this a little bit at the beginning, but it is, it's flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. And God wants to come and speak to you and live inside of you and begin to be that voice inside of you. I began, I began to read about words of knowledge in a new book by, by Sean Bowles. I got all messed up before I came here. I read one chapter, and I'm like, oh, man. But it goes back to the simple reality of God just wants to talk to people. God just wants to talk to you. And you know what he wants to do? He wants to release destiny of other people right to you. People you don't even know. Isn't that crazy? Because he cares about them. Right? Just take you out of the picture. Because what happens is we get stuck on gifts and being, you know, I'm the dude with the gift. You don't want to be the dude with the gift or the dudette. You just want to be, come on, you just be want to be used by God. Come on, you just want to change, you just want to be used as a vessel that transforms someone else's life. Right? You bring the light of the gospel to someone and you're going through the airport. It's just like, because uh, God wants to do it. And that's another announcement I forgot. Starting after July 8th, we're going to start going out. Come on, one night a week. I don't know what night, but we're going to go out. Even if it's every other I don't care. As long as a couple times, you've got to start doing, 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 just to go be light. Come on and break out and bring darkness. To its knees. Come on. Bring light to the darkness. Sorry. I was thinking bringing, bringing darkness into a, strong, to a stronghold of God and blowing it up. So the revelation of the living word, flesh and blood, you can't understand by your own mind. You can't understand by your own ways. Number two, revelation of your identity. I also say to you, Peter, Cephas, a large stone. And see, he wants us to understand that he is the, it's the finished work of Christ. That's how we find our reality. You live out of the place where you've been declared righteous because the cross of Christ has made you clean. The fullness of who he is. And he's the anointed chief cornerstone that lives and abides inside of you. And you're going to let him come in and transform. And he's the beginning of who you are. And he's the end of who you are. And who you will be. And the Bible says he's the author and the finisher of our faith. And so somewhere in there, the Lord is going to begin to give us a full understanding of who he created you to be. Because it wasn't by works that any man should boast. It was by the precious blood of his son. 
that we receive complete deliverance, that we've been set free. And he's called you in your identity to bring people to their full identity. Because when Jesus Christ is revealed inside of you and through you, then it begins to change people around you. You know who you are? Do you know who you are? Because there's an ever-increasing understanding. And it, it, we, we learn from glory to glory to glory. And God wants to expand our understanding of who he's created us to be. So he's the author and finisher. He created you. He began a good work in you. And he will finish it to the day of Christ Jesus. Number three, a revelation of the ever-increasing kingdom. On this rock, I'll build my church. On what rock? The rock of revelation? On what rock? The rock who's Peter. Well, did he build the church off of Peter? No, he built the church off of the cornerstone himself, right? Back to stones. Start moving rocks again. Daniel chapter 2. Prophetic insight for what he means by a living stone. You watch while a stone was cut, verse 34. A stone was cut without hands and struck the image on its feet. This was a, a dream that Nebuchadnezzar had. And it struck the image at its feet, feet of iron, clay, and broke them to pieces. And the iron and the clay and the bronze and the silver and the gold were crushed together and became chaff in the wind. The summer of, from the summer of thresh, threshing floors. And, car, and the wind carried them away so that there was no trace found. And the stone that struck the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. Who's the stone? The stone is Christ. Christ in you, the hope of glory, ever increasing inside of you. The kingdom of heaven ever increasing, right? And in verse 44, it says, In these days the, king, the kings of, of God... Oh, good God. And in the days of these kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed, and the kingdom shall not be left to other people. It shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. What is it saying? It's saying that the kingdom of heaven, if we don't have a revelation of the kingdom of heaven that comes out of, outside of us and lives inside of us, come on, the kingdoms of, of heaven is in you, and the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And so as we come together and as we begin to move in what God called us to in our God-given given destiny, as you know who you are, as you become identified with your identity, as you become identified with who you are and walking in the truth and the light of who you are, then all of a sudden the kingdom expands inside of you and it has no other place to go but break the kingdoms that are outside of you.
And the whole thing's about administrating the kingdom, number four. Because you can understand that God has changed your name. God's changed your name. He's brought a new identity on your life. He's created you as a new creation. We have a new creation reality that we live out of. We don't live with the old twisted mindsets. Come on, we live with a kingdom mindset. That we love the Lord so much that all of a sudden, you know, you can't contain yourself. Because the love of God is just so, you've been baptized with the presence of God in such a way that you begin to love and, and lavish the love of God on people, on people, because it's about people. It's not about coming to church and always kind of huddling. It's about reaching outside the doors and releasing the kingdom. And the Holy Spirit wants us to break through in this area because we need to administrate kingdom breakthrough. That is number four. We receive the revelation of the word. We receive the understanding of who we are. We receive an understanding that the kingdom of God is growing inside of us, the ever-increasing kingdom. And then we administrate. Administrate means move means execute, means begin to step out. I will give you, he says this, I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. What does that look like? What are the keys for? He declared over Peter, I give you keys. We have keys. There's keys there. There's keys there. Keys. God's made Peter a key, right? To set the captives free. He's made you a key to set the captives free. It's about binding and loosing, right? Because the next verse says what? He said, you, You'll bind and loose. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. What is that about? That's about releasing the kingdom everywhere you go. It says this in Matthew 12, or Matthew 10. It says, that he's, these 12 he sent out and commanded them. <laughs> See, the Lord's command, he commanded. He didn't make a suggestion. All right, it wasn't a suggestion. It was a command to the 12. It says, as you go, preach saying what? The kingdom of God is, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, and raise the dead. Cast out demons. Oops, we forgot that. But the best part is freely we receive, freely give. So, if every church is supposed to be releasing the kingdom, what are they supposed to be doing? We're supposed to be healing the sick, cleansing the lepers, raising the dead, casting out demons. Okay. The Lord is so good, He wants to come in such a way to bring breakthrough. He wants to bring breakthrough in your life. He wants to bring breakthrough in my life.
There's an administration of the kingdom when we grab these things from the, from the throne, right? He said, you didn't learn this by flesh and blood. Start one, right? You didn't learn this by flesh and blood. I'm going through it again. We can't grab it by natural understanding. We won't grab it by natural understanding. We won't grab it by natural means. We won't grab it by 10 ways to heal the sick. It's good. I'm, don't get me wrong, because I'm probably going to do 10 ways to heal the sick next week. Okay? But we need to grab hold of the, the very essence of what God wants to do. You're on a journey with him. And the Holy Spirit wants to come and invade your life in such a way and bring breakthrough to your life in such a way that there's no question of who you are. Come on, when the kingdom invades your life, you don't question who you are. There's such a movement of the Holy Ghost inside of you and the bubbling and the movement of the fire of God inside of you that you cannot deny that the Lord wants to release fire out of your life. He wants to release the fire of God out of your life. If it was just about me going to church and being a good person and being, you know, having integrity, that's good. I agree with all those things. But the Lord wants to come in power and release it because the world will not change unless the church wakes up. I'm back there again. I'm telling you, the God of glory is thundering to the church. He's saying, who will administrate my kingdom? Who will do it? Who will go? That was, the, that was the cry to Isaiah. Who will go? I'll go. Isaiah just put himself down. Here am I, send me. Here am I, send me. And so he sends us. He sends us to what? Freely receive from him and then freely release it to the world. And so there you go. This is why I think it, at some point, me regurgitating this 100,000 times, we have to bring action to it. Because you could come here last week and my message would have been close to the same. I'm telling you. The Holy Spirit wants to give you access and authority to set the captive free. Access. What do you need the access for? You need the access for the Spirit of God to bring you in so that you see and hear and know from the Father so that you can release things on the earth. See, if I don't have revelation knowledge... it. 